0: Good afternoon, and welcome to our first episode of Take Off to Travel. Why are you making that face?
1: I don't know. There's just no warning at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of warning do you want?
1: I don't know. Like a countdown or something. Five, four, three, two, three, one. You're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each.
0: Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello and welcome to our first official episode of Take Off to Travel. I'm your host, Olivia. And I'm Colin. And today we're going to talk to you a little bit about what we have planned, what we've been working on over the last few years, and we're really excited to tell you about it.
1: Now, Olivia, the, the idea for this trip was yours. Like, what were you doing when you had the idea?
0: So I was actually watching a documentary about minimalism, which disclaimer, we are not minimalists. We have a lot of stuff as we've discovered as we've started to sell things. One of the narrators was talking about how there's a certain path that we are typically expected to follow. First, you graduate high school, then you go to college. When you graduate college, then you go and get a job. And once you have a job, then you at some point get married and have a family, and then you work until you retire, and then when you retire, you do whatever you want. And the idea in the documentary was basically that you don't have to do that. There's a whole world of possibilities out there, and you're definitely not tied down to that particular route. And I remember thinking to myself as I was watching it, what would I do Like, if I didn't feel like I was stuck on this path, so to speak? And obviously the first thing, if you know me at all, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, well, I would want to travel the world. And then my second thought was, but I'm not loaded, so I can't really do that. And so I kind of just put that in the back of my head and didn't really think about it. And then as it happens, the internet was listening to my thoughts somehow. And I kid you not, the next day I was on YouTube and one of the recommendations that came up was, how do you travel the world on $25,000 in a year? No way. There is literally no way you could do that because at that time I was like, okay, well, that's not even as much as I'm making in my salary. Like, how would you possibly live off of that for a year? And so I was like, what the hell? I'll watch the video. So I did. And in the video, she made some very good points about how you're eliminating a lot of expenses by not having like a house and rent. You don't really have car insurance. You don't have to buy a lot of the normal like day-to-day stuff that you would just living at home. And so she kind of outlined in like great detail how she made that $25,000 budget work. And at that point, okay. Well, if this is really possible, then hell yes, I want to do this. What an awesome idea. What an awesome opportunity. And so I brought it up to Colin and was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I was dead serious at the time. I was like, 100%, I'm ready to do this. And so I said, Hey, like, what do you think about like quitting our jobs to travel the world? And he was like, Oh yeah, sure. That sounds good. This is way too easy. How did he go for this? So, so fast. And so eventually I realized that he didn't realize that I was serious. And I just kept bringing it up. And I'll, I'll let him talk about what his perspective on all this was. But from my point of view, I was like, hell yeah, that was easy. I just got my partner to want to travel with me. No problem. Here we go. So Colin, tell me about what, what your thoughts were when I first was like, hey, what do you think about traveling the world?
1: I. It was one of those things COVID had just started. It was one of those things where... I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. That sounds like a lot of fun. Sure. Some point in our life, let's do that. Um, one of those things where, you know, most people just have the idea and push it off. I thought she was just going to go, you know, I, I want to travel. And then, you know, next week go, I want to bake br- sourdough bread or uh, let's watch Tiger King. Some, something uh, like that. I thought it was just one of those COVID phases that, that have turned out to... Um, occur during that time. And it was about the fifth or sixth time that she brought it up. I was like, oh, she's serious. Uh, I needed to start taking this seriously. And that's when, you know, I started doing some research and, and taking our conversations about it a little bit more seriously and and just realizing how obtainable it was. Even now, making what we do now, it's, it's not something that we really struggled to to do. definitely had to commit to do it. It's something that was very obtainable for us in our position in life.
0: At what point in time do you feel like it really became like a solid, we're going to do this, as opposed to like a big dream idea? What point did it become like a, okay, I got to start saving, I got to figure out how we're going to do this?
1: I was still in college when I realized what you like, you you were like very serious about it. Um, Really? It was my last semester, right when COVID started. It was just that idea when it started. I I knew that I had I needed to get a job to, in order to save, and I knew knew we had to change some of our habits in order to get there.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that in a weird way, COVID helped us because definitely. Um, We didn't obviously we moved to a new state, but because we didn't know anyone here, and because COVID was going on, we couldn't really. Meet people, we couldn't go out and do stuff. There was a lot of time that we spent at home that we didn't spend money that I think we would have otherwise. I will definitely say that the second year of saving was much harder than the first year because it was more of like a normal lifestyle. I feel like even in a normal world when COVID's not an issue, you could definitely make it happen. It just might take a little bit longer to save.
1: Yeah, when we lived in Fort Worth, that first six months of COVID, we went on walks every day. It was very outdoor centric very go to the park and enjoy nature because there weren't a lot of people outside at the time then when we moved to phoenix in the middle of the summer we had a a, a huge reality check of well we can't necessarily go outside every day what do we need to do Uh, what can we do that's not expensive
0: yeah what do you think i'm trying to remember what our earliest stages of planning were in terms of getting ready for this I know we started at some point by kind of talking through where we would want to go because right. we were like, oh, we're going to travel the world, but the world is a very big place and you can't possibly go everywhere. And I know there was one day that we like sat down and wrote down a list of every single country that we would possibly want to go to, which was, I don't even remember how many I think it was, it was about
1: 24 places that we like, really wanted to go to.
0: Yeah, like top of the list. And then I also remember being like, okay, we got to pare this down. <laughs> I remember some of the ones we ended up having to cut were just somewhat more not budget friendly places like Norway was really high on our list, but it's just pricey. Switzerland was on the list, but it's pricey. And so I think the, the way that we sort of boiled it down was a combination of like, where do we really want to go that it's worth it to us to pay the budget, but it's not so far out of budget that it would eat up a bunch of other time.
1: Uh, another thing that went into it was climate. So because our trip is year long and we're only bringing a carry-on sized luggage, we needed to make sure the climates kind of matched up so we could only pack for one climate. So uh, that really went into it as well.
0: Definitely. I think we also looked a lot at visas because I one thing that I hadn't ever really thought about was because anytime you go to Europe, for the most part, as an American citizen, you're like, oh, whatever, I can go wherever I want. But... We learned about what is evidently called the Schengen Zone, but basically it limits you, what is it, 90 days in a 180 day period you can be in the countries that belong to the Schengen Zone. And so unfortunately for us, we had a lot of countries that we wanted to go to that were in the Schengen Zone. So we had to kind of rethink about what, what's our route going to look like so that we don't end up overstaying our visa basically, And because I, I definitely do not wish to get arrested as we try to leave a country.
1: Yeah, uh, and just to dive a little bit deeper into what the Schengen zone is, it's any, almost every country that uses the euro, is in that Schengen zone. So, I think seven of the months that we're on our trip were going to be in that area of the uh, of the world, and so we also had to split up, when we were going to be there and when we weren't going to be there. We really had to focus on, is this country actually in the Schengen zone or is it not?
0: Mm -hmm. Because right now, Croatia is not in the Schengen Zone. However, I believe it's... um,
1: 2024.
0: 2024, it will be moving into the Schengen Zone. And so it's kind of an ever-changing thing. You got to kind of keep up on what country is where and whatnot. Yeah, so that was definitely part of it. And I, I don't remember if we mentioned this, but we were originally planning to leave in June of 2022. However, because of, what is it, Omicron? that kind of erupted in January, the world kind of started to almost go backwards in terms of opening up. And so we talked and had a very serious heart to heart about it and basically we're like, we can't do this yet. Like as much as we were basically ready by the time June rolled around, we had to hit pause. Do you want to talk about the uh,
1: resetting yeah. of the lease and all so- that? <laughs> It was back in June like like she said we we had that that talk and we we were really holding out hoping that the countries would open up because a lot of our restrictions on when we were going to travel were very dependent on when countries were going to open up. So we waited and we waited as long as we could until we had to resign our lease or had to make the decision whether to resign our lease or not. So everything was so close so we we resigned the lease. And then two days later, we're, we're checking the, the restrictions again and everything has opened up. It went everything went from I think it's called level three warning travel warning to l- level one restrictions, which is completely open, barring any serious illness, I believe. Um, so it was that was very frustrating, but it, it also allowed us to add another country onto the list and more time to you know create that nest egg when we get back.
0: What country did we add?
1: Ireland. Ireland, that's right. We added Ireland. I guess we haven't said the countries, the countries that we're going to. I guess, I guess I can do that. So first, we're going to Thailand. We're going to be in Chiang Mai, and then we're going to Vietnam. We're going to go to Ho Chi Minh City, and then we're flying down to Australia to catch the uh, the Southern Hemisphere summer. We're going to be in Gold Coast, which is a beach town outside of Brisbane. And then we're going to Italy. The plan is to go to Rome there, and then we're going to Spain, which it will most likely be Madrid. Whoop, whoop. Um, after Spain, uh, will be France, most likely Paris uh, there, and then we are going to England, London, Ireland. Uh, most likely Dublin, I would assume. We haven't talked much about that yet, but most likely Dublin. And then Croatia will be in split there. And then we're going to Germany. And we really not have not nailed down what what city in Germany we're going to. But we are very excited for Germany.
0: Yeah, if anyone has any recommendations for Germany on where to go, let us know. The only place I think I've been is Berlin. I want to say I maybe went to Dresden, but I was like maybe 12. So I was more excited about the shopping opportunities than anything else.
1: So after Germany, we're going to Greece. Yet again, I don't think we've, we've 100% settled on where we're going in Greece. And then... We are flying from Greece to Japan. We're most likely doing Tokyo in Japan, and then for our last month, we're gonna be in Indonesia, uh, specifically Bali.
0: Bummer, spending Christmas in Bali, huh?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. <laughs> cool.
0: Um, so, who was the first person that you told about the trip? Do you remember?
1: I genuinely, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think I have a specific story about that.
0: I just know for me, I was a little nervous to start telling people because most of the people that we know, know both of us as like big time high achievers. We moved to Arizona and we got new jobs and we're like all these bold people doing, doing well on the corporate ladder, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what people are going to think, which I know you probably shouldn't care about, but I was really nervous to tell people because I was like, what if people are like, that's a terrible idea, but not a single person that I've told has said anything even remotely close to that. Everyone's been like, that's so cool, which I really appreciate because it was a little nervous. And actually as of this last week, both Colin and I have given our notice at our jobs, I think you were a little less nervous than I was. (laughs) But all the same, it's nice to finally feel like we can talk about it freely. Yeah. Without being afraid that, oh, no, what if our jobs find out? Because they know.
1: I mean, for me specifically, my boss knew about it probably a couple months before I officially gave my notice. It kind of slipped out in a a one-on-one conversation I had with my boss. And, you know, I just kind of had to run with it. I specifically am leaving my job October 28th, and I think Olivia's like two weeks after me, I think the 16th or the 15th of November, somewhere around there. And we're just, we're just very excited to, to start this journey.
0: Definitely. Um, so as far as the things that we have left to do before we leave, there's a lot. I'm sure we'll talk about it in other episodes, but right now we're in the thick of selling stuff. I feel like every day it's it's dealing with more people from Facebook Marketplace or OfferUp or whatever and just trying to get stuff out of our place because for one of the questions that people often ask us is, what are you doing with your stuff? And the answer to that is selling about 95% of it. We anticipate that we are only going to really keep our couch, our box spring and mattress and then our love seat, and that's it.
1: Yeah, so you kind of started talking about the questions people ask us. What do you think is the most asked question, if you had like a list of those?
0: Um, I would say, obviously the first question people ask is, where are you going? That's so cool. And so after I explain that, they're like, oh, how fast are you guys going to be traveling? How much of the country are you going to see? Because I think people assume when you say you're traveling for a year that you're going to be like on the go, on the go, on the go in a place for like a couple days at most. And something that I think makes our plans a little bit more unique is that we're planning to do a month in each place. So in Thailand, we're going to Chiang Mai. And while we're there, we're just going to Chiang Mai. I mean, obviously, we might take like a day trip or something outside of the city. But our hope is that by spending enough time in each place, we'll actually really get to know the city, get to know the culture and make some friends and get to go to the same restaurant more than I had a couple times and hopefully just get a sense of what it's really like to live there rather than just as a tourist who's just like flying through a city and on to the next one.
1: Yeah, I think a big goal for us, even at the onset of us making plans, was to quote unquote live like locals. Obviously, when we go to Paris, we're going to see the Louvre. We're going to go to the Eiffel Tower. We're going to do all that all that touristy stuff. But I think a big goal for us is to, you know, go grocery shopping, like go to the, to the shops, go to the, um, the little corner stores and and buy our food for the day or for the week, depending on refrigerator situations and, and, and stuff like that. But I think a huge, like I said, a huge goal for us is to live like locals.
0: Yeah. And I also think a huge part of what's letting us do that is our choice to stay in Airbnbs for the month as opposed to like a hotel or a hostel or anything, because it's almost like gonna function like a little mini apartment, like we're moving in there for a month. And so instead of being surrounded by a bunch of people who are coming and going every single day and people who are like focused on that really, really fast lifestyle of we're only here for a handful of days, we'll get to like cook in our kitchen. We'll get to, you know, wander around and stay in, in the same place and really get to know the neighborhood that we'll be in.
1: Yeah, something I'm I'm really looking forward to is just meeting locals. I um I have this grand idea in my head that we're we're gonna meet someone on like the first day and that they're just gonna drag us along to all their friend group stuff. They're gonna adopt us. Obviously that is not necessarily going to happen. I I am looking forward to, you know, just meeting people in, in there's this idea in America where you kind of just stay to your lane, you, you kind of, you'll in the south you say hi, but especially in the north you you, you do not, um, just generally speaking, um, you, you just kind of stick to yourself. Everything that I've heard about traveling in Asia and in Europe is just the, the different conversations you'll have with people on a day-to-day that I am very excited for.
0: Can you think of any other questions that you've been asked regularly? about the trip
1: something i've specifically been asked is what what are you what about your bills how, how are you gonna how are you affording traveling and you know having an apartment or like water bills internet bills that kind of stuff something that we have done intentionally is we are leaving at the end of a lease where we won't have to pay for an apartment we will we won't have a permanent address in the United States for 13 months. We're not with that. We won't have to pay water or electricity. We're not going to pay internet. I think we're keeping a Spotify subscription slash Hulu, um, just because they're bundled in. But other than that, it's canceling all subscriptions. We don't have any dogs, any pets. We don't have any kids. We we don't have a mortgage. So we really felt like this was the perfect time when we wouldn't have these reoccurring bills.
0: Yeah, and I also I'll, I'll also add that it, maybe it's a little bit morbid, but back when I was watching that minimalism documentary and like thinking about travel, one thing that they talked about in both the YouTube video that I watched and the documentary was that we assume that we're going to live a long happy life and we're going to be, you know, 95 when we pass, but the reality is that not everyone does. And as morbid as it sounds, it's almost like a carpe diem kind of thing where you got to do it when you can do it because you don't, you're don't, you not guaranteed anything, I guess. And so I don't want to bank on the idea that when I'm retired and I'm 70, that I'm going to be in good enough health that I'm going to be able to travel the world. And so right now, where we have, no, like you said, no bills, no pets, no house, nothing really, apart from our storage unit and our Hulu subscription it really feels like the right time to go. And don't get me wrong, I will not be mad if we have to go again when we're 70. But I definitely want to prioritize it right now.
1: Kind of sticking with the theme of money, specifically, what are like what are some things that you think that we did very intentionally to save money?
0: From a paycheck perspective, I always set up an automatic savings every single month. And so every single time I got paid, besides like the normal retirement savings, um, which obviously are important too, but I had an automatic savings transfer set up every single time so that that just kind of grew and grew and grew and grew. And I will also say that I um, am a big proponent of the online savings accounts that have the really good interest rates. I recently switched over from my Bank of America savings rate to a Marcus, by Goldman Sachs savings account and that insanely doubled my savings rates. I used to be getting a couple dollars a month in interest and now I'm getting over 50 and so I would highly recommend if you're trying to save money and there's just an easy way to do it is just looking into those higher rate savings accounts. What would you say?
1: I would say that we sacrificed a lot of, I don't want to say friendships, but there were times when we had to say no to going out, to going to dinner with some friends. I don't want to say that it cost us friendships because I don't think it did. Um, I
0: actually think it almost deepened our friendships because the, we were much more intentional with our time and we were focused more on the quality than on the actual activities we were doing.
1: Right, so we would have friends come over to our house and play board games, or we would have a grill out where everyone would bring a little bit of food, kind of like a potluck, have like that quality time with friends. Definitely.
0: Oh, I would also say in terms of saving, we definitely sought to live below our means. When we were choosing a place to live in Arizona, we like, did the math on what kind of place we could afford. And I don't remember what we figured out with the three times your monthly rent or whatever. I just remember it was some astronomical number and we looked at each other and we were like, we're not spending that on rent. And so we picked a place that was closer to the bottom of our price range on purpose, because we knew that by staying in that lower range and living below our means and cooking at home instead of eating out and like doing all these little things, we were able to just put away a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And granted, it ended up being more than a little bit because our rent was originally so cheap, but definitely making those intentional choices to not splurge just because you can.
1: Totally. I think something that helped us specifically with that is making our menus. So every Sunday before we go to the grocery store, we we get together and we make our menu for the week. Intentionally setting those, those meals and going out and buying that food really put pressure on us to cook the food and not let it go to waste. That's something we've really focused on as well. So the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on today was what we had left to do before we leave i know we have a long list for october and november what do we still have left to do in october
0: so a lot like you kind of alluded to we have had sort of a running to-do list i'm not even sure when it started probably in like april may of of 2022 um and we've kind of had it broken out by list and it's kind of funny to look at it because like april may were like you know, two little things and now we get to October and it's a full page of to-do lists. So for October, we've got quite a lot, like I said. We've got anything related to the storage unit. we got to actually book it and get our renter's insurance. We just scanned some copies of documents and credit cards. Um, We've been doing several test packs, which I think we'll touch on in a different episode. All kinds of things like administrative mail forwarding notices, um, canceling my gym membership, that kind of stuff. And then also just continuing to sell stuff. And, and then obviously this podcast is a a bit of a work in progress and also just starting to pack. We packed our first box maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Two or three weeks. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy to think about the fact that the next time we open that box will be December of 2023
1: maybe not even then. That's true. And then kind of moving into November, like the last minute stuff, we are going to get travel insurance and Olivia did a lot of research into that. Do you, you remember the name of the company that, we did, that we're planning on doing it through?
0: Yeah, so we looked at both World Nomads and Safety Wing and they're both top-notch. It just ended up being that World Nomads covered a lot more of the extreme sports that I don't think we're going to be doing. And Safety Wing covers some of them i think they actually referred to scuba diving as sub aqua pursuits which i think was hysterical but they covered enough of the stuff that we felt like we could go with that they're significantly cheaper than world nomads um so i believe that's who we selected to go with i don't have off the top of my head how much they are a month but it was pretty reasonable
1: yeah it wasn't too bad uh, another thing we're doing is uh we we're gonna have a farewell party with our Arizona friends. So if y'all are listening, start start planning for that. You're selling your car, which you know will help with costs over the over the the trip because you won't have to pay for car insurance. I am going home with to see family, um for for two and a half weeks, and then really it's just getting all of our stuff either in the storage unit or to California where we will most likely be coming back to
0: just for some context for anyone who's not in the loop with us my parents have a home in palm desert california that they have kindly offered to let us stay at when we come back from the trip until we get our feet under us yeah our feet under us
1: um that's that's really all we have planned um to talk about i know we have a lot that we're excited to share with you guys. Um, specifically, in the next couple episodes, we want to talk about our spreadsheet. Um, I spent a lot of time making a spreadsheet to kind of budget um, what the what our next thirteen months are going to look like. So budget. Uh, we want to talk about like the vaccines and the medications and why we decided to get what medications and and what we're going to be doing throughout the uh, thirteen months in that aspect.
0: Surprise, it's a lot of vaccines and medications. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we're going to talk about what we're packing, why we decided what we're going to pack and, and what, what we're not going to pack.
0: There were a lot of tough decisions on that front because believe it or not, a carry-on is actually very small. In my head, I had this grand idea of all these outfits I was going to be able to fit in my carry-on and then we did a test pack and uh, let's just say it was not as roomy as I thought it was going to be
1: yeah and then we just kind of want to talk about our expectations for the trip how are we feeling going into you know chiang mai thailand when it's it's definitely going to be a culture shock talk about our first destinations thailand vietnam australia and and just what we expect from those
0: so thanks for tuning in to this episode we're really glad to have you here we hope you enjoyed it um feel free to give us a review or a thumbs up on apple Podcasts or spotify and we'll catch you next time